0: Back, episode seven, getting underway here of the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam and Josh. That's right, seven episodes. Let's go, and it feels like just yesterday we got things started here in my basement.
1: It wasn't that long ago, <laughs> it was like less than a month, really. We've been flying,
0: it's gone well. We led off the uh, show there with a little. NWO, yeah, little Wolfpack action. No, that's just the black and white. Yeah, that's right. Well, it leads to the whatever the other NWO was. I forget the Wolfpack. The yeah, red the, the wo- red and black. The red and black. Yeah, the the the, the Nash the and Hall and the, the Defection. The Defection. Yeah, the Defection crew. So
1: they really milked that NWO thing for all it was worth.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, so did Back we. When
1: WCW was king shit.
0: So did we as the fans. Oh yeah. So you heard a little Paul Correa uh, intro there, and I think everyone maybe got some goosebumps there, Let's go. I know I can't watch that highlight or even listen to it, um, you know, without getting goosebumps because it was just a ridiculous moment. Correa almost had his life ended earlier in the game by Scott Stevens, one of the most well-known open ice body checks in hockey history, and then returns to the ice without even knowing where he is and ripping a clap-bomb, top cheese, glove-side on Marty Brodeur. And I, one of the best calls of all time right Oh, there. it's
1: an unbelievable call, and I remember that vividly watching that. like Everybody was jumping on the uh, the Ducks bandwagon. They were kind of Cinderella that year going to the finals. And I'm like, I was very young, and I remember that um, vividly in my mind, and just the feeling, and you, you were so impressed with what he accomplished in that game, and even throughout the playoffs, just that team as well. Um, obviously, they ended up losing the Devils eventually, were the big bad Devils at that point in time. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting. Um, so Paul Correa did not remember that whole s- segment, essentially. Like, he didn't remember that he got hit. He didn't remember scoring the goal. doesn't remember after the game. Right nothing cuz he came out of the woodwork recently um yeah
0: he went he went rogue or or quiet i guess he went dark he went dark
1: yeah apparently he was just living in northern california surfing no like alumni events or appearances or media nothing like and i kind of forgot about him in a sense yeah. that he is one of those guys who just went you know went dark like you said and i guess they i guess it was for the hall of fame last year that got him out um Sportsnet did a big feature on him, and that's where I read that.
0: Yeah, that was a big article. It was nice to uh, to hear from the guy. I think you're right in saying that a lot of people probably forgot about him. And I think more more so the younger crowd, let's go. The younger hockey fan really had no idea about this this Paul Correa. I mean, he's, he, he finished one of the nicest Team Canada goals ever. Yeah. That uh, Mario fake shot thing between the legs. Mario never even gets an assist.
1: Yeah, the, on the dummy play. Yeah, on the dummy play. Yeah. It was
0: Pronger through Mario to Korea, and Richter had no idea yeah. whether to cry or wind his watch, as Mike Lang would say.
1: And uh, Did you have a Korea Ducks jersey?
0: Uh, I, no, I, I didn't. No, I never had a Korea. I did. You yeah. did, eh? I did, yeah. See, that's and pretty epic. I mean, it. who,
1: when you're a kid, you had this uh, um, like infatuation with the Ducks because of their... Their logo and the the movies and, and of all course, that shit. Disney. Yeah, and so I I got it from a cousin of mine or something. He had outgrown it, but it was way too big for me, and it was a white Korea. And I wore that all the time, like playing so road sick. hockey and everything. And I think I still at my parents' house somewhere, and I, I I might have seen it or dug it up recently. Like, and I say recently, like within a year. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like shit. Like it looks like I rolled around in the driveway,
0: and because <laughs> it was a white one too. Unreal. Yeah, it's um it's nice I mean they had a lot of uh they had a lot of great players uh you know come through that organization to Lesgow I mean we're talking about uh a former a former player that also had his jersey raised to the rafters in Timo the Solani. they raised his uh, jersey together up right uh they raised his in uh january of 2015 oh that's
1: right that's right yeah
0: and then uh, Niedermeyer is coming up Niedermeyer uh, will be uh, in this February uh, of 2019 number number 27 so you know, you're up in the rafters along with the likes of those two aforementioned players, and I mean... Those would be
1: the only ones. Like, I think Slaney was the first one they did, Yeah, right? I
0: think you're correct, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I uh, even, record. how many years did Niedermeyer play there? Like, I feel like it wasn't that long, because he played the bulk of his career in New Jersey. Yeah, but that's right. All the I gray mean, beard years. He Anaheim. was, you know, <laughs> but he was Scott Niedermeyer. Like, he's a legend. In his own right, and yeah, they did win the cop. Well, exactly. Very good when he was yeah, there.
0: Exactly. He was kind of a, a obviously a huge cornerstone in doing that, and uh, yeah. So why don't we uh, flow right in? We'll, we'll we'll stay on the ducks. They lost the they lost the game. Yeah, uh, against Buffalo. Jersey raising, they lose yeah. to the fucking Sabers, uh, who also have not been really doing a whole lot of anything lately. They're not a very sexy pick right now, and um, you're wondering. Who's the cornerstone going to be for the Ducks right now to get them on track? There's only one guy playing, John Gibson. He's the
1: only one uh, keeping them in games. They're getting outshot horribly, game in, game out, and he's keeping them in games and allowing them to have an opportunity to compete. Um, Obviously, the biggest issue, once again, it seems like for the Ducks, is the age of their team and also the injuries. You know, with Perry mm-hmm. and Kessler out. I think Kessler actually Kessler's came back, back recently. Because oh, yeah. there was talk that he wasn't going to play again. Um, I mean, they've got a pretty like strong mobile defense core. But how much is this going to come down on on Randy Carlisle, though? Like, they seem to really li- like him and give him a pass. The, just born out of the fact that they hired him after, you know, the shit show with the Maple Leafs. Yeah,
0: and I mean, they, they hired a big personality. That's for sure. He's a character. He's a character. And I mean... I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but you know maybe they needed some some life out there uh, in, on the West Coast uh, in California. But um, yeah, I mean the, the the Ducks have always been a, a weird one for me. Last go, it's like uh, are they are they knocking on the door of winning the cup or are they just perennial playoff guys? Like we're just gonna kind of hang around and get get lots of points in the regular season and do well, and,
1: and they I- often make it beyond the first round. But it just it seems like. You know, the ship is sailing. It's weird. With yeah. Getslaf getting older and Perry seem to have fallen off a cliff, essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's been the core of their team for a decade. And now that they're getting up there and they haven't been able to kind of sustain it around them, I mean, they've remained competitive. Like they've almost, they're almost similar to the Sharks in that they always seem to be there. Yes. They're making the playoffs, they're going up a round or two, but. At this point, it seems like it's tapering off, finally.
0: Can't get over the hill. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, the, the division is a tough one. They're going to have to obviously. retool on the fly. It's the only way to do it. I guess. I mean, they do have a good piece in uh, in, in John Gibson to, to do that around. But the problem is, is John Gibson, as, as any fantasy guys, myself included, know out there, he can be a shaky start. And I don't mean a start to the to the season. I mean a start in the net. You don't know if he's starting. And they have late games and they often don't confirm that John Gibson is in until very Car- late.
1: Does Carlisle still play those stupid goalie yes, games? Yes, Like, you were he used to do it with Reimer and Bernier and whoever else. Yes, he does. Goaltenders while he was here, and, yeah, he played those goalie games. I'm not telling you. Yeah. I'm not telling you who's starting. Fucking
0: poolies are like, come on, man. Like, Randy, what are you doing? Yeah. So, anyway, I I don't also just mean, you know, not knowing if he's going to start. I mean, he he does often go day to day. He gets the DTD. Symbol next to his name quite often, and you're kind of concerned. Is it's he's been serious? hurt a little bit here? and yeah, there. Yeah, he's had some injury problems, but when he's been in the net, he's just solid for you. So it's a weird fantasy option there. You're like you're really excited to have a guy like John Gibson because his numbers are great when he's in the lineup, but then when he's not in the lineup, it can be tough. So you almost want to you know have a bona fide two two bona fide starters, one of them being John Gibson, so you don't have to rely on him alone because it can be pretty tough.
1: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's that's really he, he's an interesting case because like he was pretty highly touted coming through, so much so that they gave up on Anderson and essentially trading him to the Leafs to go with Gibson. And I mean, it's been which worked out fine for them.
0: Well, I have an interesting point about that. Actually, I was gonna roll 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 along because it just feels like we're going duck hunting right now, <laughs> poor, guy, poor guys. But I, I did uh, I do have a, an interesting piece of knowledge on that. One of the regular guests on Sirius Radio that I listen to all the time. One of the regular guests on the show is the Anaheim goalie guru is what he's referred to as, uh, you know, by the hosts of the show. And his name is Pete Jensen. So I don't know if anyone out there wants to kind of Google anything if you're actually interested in reading more about this. But he maintains that the book will will really be out on whether Anaheim made the right choice or not. And I'm sure that you have a chalky fan can say, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to realize that. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are in the camp that it was absolutely the right decision and it was, you know, they, they gave Frederick Anderson away because he blew up in that game seven. I don't even really remember what it was, but I he don't had know. yeah, he had a difficult showing in a very important game. I believe it was so game it was seven. Mainly one of those knee jerk reactions. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you have like like a bad they got him they got rid is of When them. teams make dumb yeah, decisions. Yeah. So like they got rid no, but that's See, I don't think that's the case. I think that they had a well-formulated decision to either choose John Gibson or Frederick Anderson moving forward. And I think I it was just because he was younger, too. Yeah, I yes, agree. And, and I don't think that that playoff uh, loss that he had um, really tilted their hand or anything like that. I think there was obviously a well-thought-out decision process, and they made what they feel is the right decision. But this guy that comes on the radio, and this is my point, he is... He's pretty much on the fence that they made the wrong choice. Oh, like he thinks yeah. that he thinks that Freddy, Anders- Freddy's yeah. the one. But he said the book is out, and you can call me in X amount of years and tell me I was right or wrong. Yeah. But he said I'm in the camp that Anderson should have been the guy they kept, and I take this into consideration heavily due to the fact that he's the Anaheim guy. He's not just he's not just some guy. Right. Okay. Now I would obviously take Bob McKenzie or whatever, but even those guys. They're not out there like you know w- watching every every game, every practice, every media scrum. Like they're they're involved. They're they're directly involved in the team. And yeah. His thought was we made the wrong call. And
1: he, so he's not currently their goalie guy. I'm assuming. No,
0: no, no, no. He's not like their goalie coach. That's why I said they they refer to him as the goalie guru because he's like the 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 beat reporter that they'll oh, always he's the beat reporter. He's okay. the beat reporter okay. that they'll That's always call. But he writes for like ESPN or maybe it was Yahoo Puck Daddy back when Puck Daddy was a thing. Yeah he was like a he was a real goalie guy. He was always talking about goalie this and goalie that like how they play and like he was a goalie expert kind of thing. Um, yeah, but he wasn't like actually employed by the team or anything like that. So I just I, I always thought it was interesting. It made me feel good as a leaf man knowing that a, a player or sorry a, a, like a journalist let's say or an, or, or an insider, from the team out West that we acquired him from believes him to be the, the reason like the, the, the goaltender that Anaheim should have kept. And I like that because now we have him, and it's like, all right, that's good. Yeah. People, people out there that watched everything unfold, believe that, they should have him instead of Gibson, but I'm sure they're not upset about having. I'm not Gibson. upset about it either. No, it's yeah, it's just a nice thing for for. It was for a key move,
1: at. man. It's very key, very key. Without Frederick, I don't know where we're at. Yeah, very key. Um, so I, the Leafs lost kind of a stinker there to uh, St. Louis, another Western Conference team. We'll move on to here. i um, obviously going to talk more Leafs in the second segment, but um, obviously we wanted to bring up St. Louis mainly because uh, our old buddy Tyler Bozak. Uh played his six hundredth game with the blues recently. Um and you know, a guy right there for college free agent, he definitely gotta be one of the more successful cases, I would argue, in you know, recent history that I can think of of a college free agent walking right into the NHL and being very successful.
0: Well, it was back in... O- Undrafted, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, back in '09, right? That, oh, sorry, that's what I was going to get at. So, back in 09 w- was when he made the transition um, from, from the WCHA, so college, to the NHL. Um, he played uh, 37 games uh, that first season, and it looked like, yeah, it's split time. Split time with the Leafs and the Marlies, about half a season um, in each. So... I, I like to think Lesko that he may be one of the first, one of the first uh, like a pioneer almost like a, There's obviously been other uh, undrafted, I'm assuming also college players that have come and gone and have been pretty uh, pretty impactful in the NHL, but it seems to be happening a little bit more now. Like they're really they're really digging into the college ranks, which is something that we may not have seen a whole lot of. Around the turn of the millennium, like 2000, 2005.
1: No, I, I don't think it was very heavily practiced. Like, no. you rarely saw it. And then after that, I noticed the Leafs got heavy into it, too. You saw these other, you know, guys who they saw in out of college and would kind of get hyped up because it was after Bozak had come in and been fairly successful. And they're, you know, most of them were busts, really, and that nothing really came of them.
0: Yeah, that's right. And that's kind of the way it goes, right? It, it, it is a. Uh, you're not wasting a pick obviously in a draft so it's kind of like a free risk so to speak you can kind of see what a player has to offer and if you like him you can give him a contract and if you don't like him then away he goes
1: now i see like the now nhl teams basically fight over highly touted college prospects guys who lighted up baby came through the uh Um, came through the tier two junior and then made their way to the NCAA and tear it up, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's 20 teams want to sign you, and you're undrafted. Um, That seems to be a little more common now, but uh, it seems like in terms of like finding those free players, the Leafs more so lately. Um, under Dubas and Shanny, is that they've been pulling guys out of the European leagues.
0: Yeah, which is actually, uh, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit about local hockey here in Pembroke uh, for a couple of minutes. Maybe we spin off because that's what uh, Sheldon Keefe did here in Pembroke. He was one of the few that were willing to really reach out to the far depths of the of the globe and find some players to bring them in and create a winning atmosphere. Using uh, what the analytics, using all the extended statistics, and uh, actually going out there to scout these players, bringing them in, creating a difference, creating a winning atmosphere, and that's kind of exactly, you know, the, the you you can reach that game if you can find some gems uh, that no one else really knows about.
1: Yeah, that was really cool when he uh, when he took over the Lumber Kings back so it was like 08 or no, it was before
0: that. It was like oh five, oh six, yeah, yeah, yeah cause around then, there. Because then the run was from two thousand seven. To 2011 Yeah
1: And they uh, They bring in guys From California Upstate New York um, Just finding these gems And I I don't I can't remember What the network was I guess He was like Affiliated with some guy Who ran a hockey camp Down in California And that's how they started Pulling up some of these kids From Cali Yeah They came up and Lit it up, and some of them didn't even like play ice hockey that much. They played <laughs> roller hockey. I found like an idiot American calling it ice hockey. Wow! <laughs> but they, yeah, they bring those guys up here, and what that was a wild ride. Like an, an insane brand of hockey we got to see in the local barn here on Sunday nights. It was the hottest ticket in town. They'd score eight goals yeah, easily, three fights. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> it was chaos, and the fans loved it.
0: And, and the rink had good pizza. Yeah, whatever oh, yeah. it was, I don't know if they just pumped it in from from pizza pizza Probably. or whatever, but it was good. I remember Probably. it being good when I was down there. I had to go get one.
1: They uh, so I was going to ask you too because you do all their games. Like what I noticed, there's it seems that less people are going there these days.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean from you know from uh, let's say uh, two thousand and eight to two thousand eleven
1: when they won five straight. Or well, yeah, during that se- seven era, to like 11, the, yeah, the seven to eleven. Yeah, seven to eleven
0: was five straight and 2011 they won the RBC uh national championship as well which was like unprecedented so that was something else um yeah let's say uh 09 to 11 so the the last two years of the dynasty um they were averaging just under 1000 fans and some nights it would be you know 13 1350 like we were approaching quote-unquote, capacity at, at times.
1: Well, I recall in the pl- some of the playoff games that that place was packed.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was ac- it was actually people deep. People deep at the railing. So there's only, uh, for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, it's the Pembroke Memorial Center. It is a wraparound-style barn, so there's seats everywhere, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, it seats, uh, I think it seats like 2,000 or something. That's not With the standing not, room or it's just not the seating. capacity of the building. The capacity of the building is like five. But yeah. Like the actual seats. I think there's only like two 2,000 seats, quote unquote. Um, but anyway, they're one of the old wooden, yeah. old wooden oh, seats. Yeah. Like just awful. Character. You know? Yeah, you're right, character. But uh, yeah, I mean, they would average 1,000 fans. And it was so loud and it was crazy. And there was like, you know, triple overtime games against Cornwall and shit. Like really good historic uh, series against some of these teams locally. Massive amount of talent coming through those clubs. Like, they were so good at scouting
1: and plucking guys from everywhere. And, I mean, there was a number of guys who played for those teams over the year that have gone on to play pro hockey in the A and the uh, European leagues and, you know, Matt Pekka being in the NHL right now.
0: I know. He was on uh, – I was driving around and the, the Montreal game was on. I was driving around with the fiancé and
1: I was like, oh, look
0: at that. Hecka.
1: He might be their first line center after a while.
0: Former Lumber <laughs> King. He used to call some sick goals. Oh, he was, him, he boy.
1: scored some real nice ones when he was here because he was far and away the most talented and like skilled player on the
0: ice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's move along here. We'll strike off uh, some of these bullet points around the boards here in the NHL. Uh, what do you want to talk about last? Talk about the Oilers. You can I was do it for days.
1: Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So Edmonton was about to burn itself down because <laughs> the Oilers started zero two, and then they they rattle off three straight. Now then, last night though, they lost a barn burner against Pittsburgh. Did you see Crosby's game winner? That yeah. OT. That Sick. was. Disgusting.
0: It was sick. It's but, just to
1: remind all those guys who are always talking about McDavid over- surpassing Crosby as the best player in the world. Crosby goes up and just like, hey guys, like remember <laughs> me? I'm still here, right?
0: And I mean, was that his? That wasn't his first day. Did he? Did he score earlier in the game too? Did we know that? I'm not, I'm not sure
1: because sure. he had he, started the season quiet. Eh? Yeah,
0: really quiet. No goals, and it was it was uh, it was strange. Yeah, he got two goals, so that's right. He scored earlier in the game to get himself to get himself off the proverbial snide, and then buried a, a beauty for the second if you haven't uh, checked it out we'll throw it up on the twitter feed so you can head there right now and if you're wondering what we're talking about really nice move um around ryan Strom, or is it sorry no it is ryan Strom, or is that dylan Strom? ryan Strom. ryan right okay yeah. i'm an idiot for second guessing myself but i i don't know i gotta make sure because that one time you made fun of me <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah Strom. Not a defender, you know, uh, going up against Crosby in OT, and amazing. he looked yeah. stupid. But here's what I don't like about it, man. What is Cal, what is what is Talbot doing?
1: Uh, that's another thing. Like, what is he doing? They they were like they're, you know, I I barely <sighs> consider them to be a playoff contender because I I'm not on the train with them. Like I, after the debacle of last year, and I'm still not buying it. But they. Any th- hope they have is going to rest on Tal- Talbot's shoulders because the year they made the playoffs and they went into the second round, mm-hmm. he was outstanding. Outstanding. He was one of the best goalies in the league. In Numbers, the league. Numbers, wins, everything. It's
0: true. So you're forecasting pretty goddamn high if you're expecting that all the time.
1: Well, and you don't have that great a defense So and not that great of a team all, all around. Like McDavid so.
0: can't. Can't play nets also.
1: So now he's, and I don't know if we mentioned this in a previous episode, but he's averaging like 24 minutes a
0: game. Oh, I heard it today. Uh, the minutes in this last night's game that we're talking about, 28 26.
1: Jesus. Like, I know you're not a very deep team, but like, you've got to figure out a way. Cause like. He kills
0: penalties now, though.
1: Yeah, why not? And. I guess you know the issue is he's young, so we should be able to power through it. But you know what kind of long term effects is this going to have on the player? Because now there's such a focus and philosophy on sports science and making sure guys' minutes are uh, sustainable throughout the long term. So it, it sounds like you know they're not taking a lot of advice on this, and somebody came up with the idea is like, no, we're just going to play him as much as humanly possible, yeah, at the expense of other players' ice time. Which I mean, if he you can't can go. argue with, yeah, if, if he, he can, can go, go, he can right? go. But you got to think bigger picture here as well and address some of your issues. Oh, it's just
0: not sustainable, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've got to get, they've have to get contributions from elsewhere, and it's not happening. And it's less likely to happen if your guys, your other centermen or whomever, are playing much less than they probably should or might in a regular team structure.
0: So they've got an interesting schedule coming up too. The Oilers do. They play the Capitals tomorrow, and then the Predators on the twenty seventh, which is Saturday. Back to back against the Blackhawks on Sunday. So the next three are are pretty interesting for the Oilers. I mean, like it, I know it's early and everything, but man, oh man, like they can they can kind of make or break. Well, they, it'd be right now. a good
1: set the tone that back to back with the Blackhawks is going to be important for both those teams because Chicago's gotten off to a decent start. They're five and two right now. Um, I could see. I'm buying into the Blackhawks pushing for a spot this year. I think a lot of people were hard on them, saying they're they're done and the rain's over. But myself you gotta, included, you got to think of who they're built around. And now that they have Corey Crawford back and healthy, they're only going to be more of a contender. Um. But, so Edmonton's really got to, you know, they got to figure it out and get settled. And I mean, they're not even that different of a roster from last no, year. No, I know. So they're they're essentially doubling down on the same well, team. And
0: speaking of which, I mean, the, like I said, the next three, Caps, Stanley Cup champions, not much different at all, except they won't have Tom Wilson, which we should talk about soon, by the way. Predators, next game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Stanley glad you Cup, brought this up. Stanley cause... Cup contender big time. And then Blackhawks, which uh, before the season started, people probably would... Have given the Oilers the edge there, but now the season is well underway, and the Blackhawks clearly are the uh, are are the favorites going into there. So I mean, they're going to be underdogs on the next on their next four, four maybe even five games. Cause they've throw got to the grind wild, out throw the wild in there now.
1: They've got to grind out another three wins <sighs> out of that to like know. to be taken more seriously That's what to I'm like saying. earn the respect of you know their fans and the rest of the league because we know their fans are rabid yeah. and. You know, it's basically insane, so...
0: All right, so Wilson, Wilson, like, what's going on there? Why don't we have a decision on the uh, reduction or not from, I, the, from the commissioner? What's that's, going on there?
1: Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm not sure what actually goes on in these processes. Like, I thought it was pretty one and done. They come in, they present their case, you know, Gary says yes or no, and that's it. But I think they also propose, like, if it, say they might agree to reduce it. They're like, okay, well, you know, the PA wants it reduced by this and the league wants it reduced by this. So I'm not sure why it takes that long. And also they're probably drawing it out because the NHL is like, you know what,
0: like screw you, we'll meet when we have time. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was it was 20 games and um, I don't know what kind of reduction you would expect to see. I mean, maybe a, maybe a couple games, I guess, but – uh I just pulled it up on Twitter uh, as we were talking about it. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing. People are, are asking actually what's the same as me. Like what's uh, what's going on here? Where's the decision? When can we expect Did here? they give a
1: date when they were meeting? Because I thought it was no, the last week or something. It was Friday.
0: Yeah, it was Friday. Okay. The meeting was Friday. So I, I, I kind of figured, as, as did many others uh, in the media, that, um, you know, we, we'd probably have something uh, by the uh, midweek area, like the end of the day today, which is Wednesday. Um, but, you know, we still don't have anything. So I'm assuming maybe we might have the ability to touch on that on the next pod. But uh, for now, it sits at 20 games. And to be honest, I think it's well-deserved. So, yeah, screw them. Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. Where are we at? Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit of Vegas because,
1: you know, it, it hasn't been that big of a story right now either. Um, I've heard it talked about a little bit here and there. So they're 4-4 four and four right now. They're sitting 11th. You know, they're off to their worst, worst start in franchise history. <laughs> 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 i do like that but they uh yeah is like is that what's your take on that i mean my immediate reaction is that last year was everything went right and this year everything's not going right they lost destiny for two months um they don't seem to be getting a lot of that high-powered offense i don't know like and Nate Schmidt, their best defenseman, I guess, is is out for PEDs or whatever it was, right?
0: And he's trying to get that reduced as well. I believe he is, yeah. yeah. Because how long is he suspended for? Oh God, um, fuck! You are gonna put me on the spot. Oh, sorry, but
1: I thought I was just asking you as I'm if not you knew, sure, so uh, it doesn't matter. But I know it's quite a while because they don't screw around with that shit.
0: Yeah, it was long. It was really, uh, it it was, yeah. You are right. It was kind of surprisingly long. I thought, but I guess like if that's the fucking rule, then I mean. You know, don't break it, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were, uh, obviously, they always say the same thing. Like, I don't know how that got in my drink or whatever. (laughs)
0: Look at this, though. I'm looking at it, and I pulled it up. It says, Nate McKinnon on (laughs) Schmidt suspension, quote, unquote. I do believe him, Colorado forward Nathan McKinnon told The Athletic. I don't think he was fucking injecting a needle in his ass. (laughs) (laughs) We're all hockey players. We all respect the game. I'm sure Nate Schmidt isn't a cheater. I believe him. I don't think he intentionally did anything. Because it was a very
1: small dosage and what I had heard that made me, you know, question it a little bit was that um a guy I was listening to on the radio and when they were talking about it right after this happened was that a lot of the dietitians and the doctors for the teams now, what they do is they warn their players against taking supplements and stuff you buy online or at GNC or okay. whatever because sense. they don't know what the hell's in them. Yeah, agree. And what they say in the, is in them is often not what's in them or there's additional stuff they're not labeling for.
0: Or they don't so, have to because there's only a certain percentage of the whatever so they don't have to cuz it's diluted or whatever the case may be, but it's still in there.
1: And I guess one of the one of the issues somebody explained to me about um, chemical manufacturing um, for so they you know, a lot of these companies that sell the, the vitamins or whatever the hell, they contract out these these uh, facilities, and if they're not properly cleaning their equipment before doing a new batch, so say they do okay. an order for some drunk co- drug company yep. where it's an illegal or something that would be a banned substance in the NHL, and then they go to make a batch of whatever supplement, and they don't properly clean their vats, and then that shit ends up there. So it was like, I don't know, it sounds like a big conspiracy thing, but I guess... There are, like I said, there are. There's wariness around those those products.
0: What here's what I would like to see. I would like to see. Um, okay, so basically, for anyone that's not even up to speed here, Nate Schmidt suspended for performance enhancing drugs, twenty games, by the way, um, and it was the equivalent of a grain of salt in an Olympic-sized pool. Because in that case... And that was too, an actual scientist that said that. That wasn't just like, oh, it's a fucking... Year. It was actually compared to or fractioned down to a grain of salt in an Olympic pool.
1: And I think that's where the sympathy votes came from from around the NHL. Agreed. Because it's like, there's no way this guy could would have... If, if you're you going to do it, it then do it. If you're doing it. it on purpose, exactly, like, yeah. unless it's... Somehow that he had done it far enough away and would found his way to the system. I don't know, but yeah, I'm not a well, doctor. Whatever. So but
0: here's what I'm saying. What I would like to see is I would like to see something minor as in an automatic two-game suspension and a review. Meaning, if they determine throughout the course of the like review. If it's obvious
1: they didn't do it on purpose sort of thing.
0: Yeah, but give them two games anyway. Sure. I'm fine with that. Give him cuz he'd be back already he and wouldn't it wouldn't care. be yeah, it, he'd be back already and it wouldn't be a big deal. You'd lose some money and you'd, you, and you'd be probably more upset about it affecting your reputation over oh, you know, I can't play two games. But now like you're taking the guy away, you're taking the guy out for like you know, over a third of the season. Like it's a big deal. Um he needs to be there for the team. And well, I guess, sorry, it's a quarter of the season, eh? My math is just terrible there. Basically. Yeah, a- sorry, a quarter of the season. Like, uh, unable to participate in practice, unable to condition. I mean, that's just really unfortunate for the guy. And if, if nothing happened, and like Nathan McKinnon is saying, like, come on, the guy's not sticking a needle up his ass here. Like, if nothing went wrong and and, and and he's innocent, then why does he have to sit for 20 games? Like, maybe the suspension should be appealed and he can play during the appeal process. I'd also be okay with that
1: well often that's not what they do though and say you were suspended two games and there's a review process and it takes more than two games and typically you're not playing um if you're determining the validity of that and makes it not worth appealing or something like that yeah but um no that's interesting because i'm understanding of the rule is it's a zero tolerance doesn't matter we don't take into account whether it was accident or intentional and i guess in this particular case though it was so obvious that it wasn't intentional or so it, so it appeared that it, it really shone the light on the flaw in the rule in that, you know, the clearly he's not gaining advantage. If there's not enough in his system to affect him in whatever way that there, the desired effect of that particular substance.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, I just, uh, you know, it comes back to uh, making sure, like you said, making sure that you know exactly what you're putting in your body. So grain of salt in an Olympic size pool or not, you know, something was off. So before we go to break Something's here, off.
1: make the call. Vegas playoffs or no? No, Vegas,
0: no playoffs. No and playoffs. Um, I I made that call a long time ago. Um, sorry, I thought we were going to keep going on Vegas for a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, basically in a nutshell, let's go. Um, I do believe, uh, I'm in your camp, that things went right for Vegas last year. Teams were coming in. They were probably in shock factor mode. Here we are in Vegas. It's the first time ever. They don't know what hotel they're staying at they don't know like they might know because they've been there before but what i'm saying so is you think they got easy know. home games because well,
1: their home record was unreal
0: last year. yeah time. but they they did they did receive too many uh, guys benefits. going out to the peelers and had yeah. ripping up the strip yeah, yeah. they did receive benefits though they received a lot of benefits in terms of they were the uh they were the back half of a back-to-back for a lot of oh, teams yeah. yeah for a lot of teams um and there was also something else too about I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember they were breaking it down and how, like, if the nights are to be successful this year, a lot of it will have to do with the schedule. And it was, again, it was something about, you know, flying in and then having to travel to Vegas for a back-to-back. And it just, it's not the greatest thing to do, especially given the fact that Vegas never sleeps, right? So it's not like you can fly in at nighttime and it's quite quiet and whatever you can just kind of shuttle your way over to the they hotel. Wouldn't, like they wouldn't good. have been busy. able
1: to have this team in like the 90s or yeah. it's gonna be before busy. the mid 2000s because guys would just be going out and getting lit like we're yeah. going there the day before you know missed morning skate because I went to bed at 5.00 <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they, they, they kind of had everything fall into place. They had a, a few players that were, you know, absolutely went off last year. I mean, you look at William Carlson. I mean, he's he's almost being considered a, a drop candidate in fantasy right he now. He
1: should have signed a longer-term deal. Like, he bet on himself this year, and maybe that wasn't the best bet. Take the money and run, kid.
0: I mean, like, they got Pacioretty as well. Like, yeah. Proven goal scorer. They looked
1: better on paper going into this season, I thought, based on the acquisitions they made Pacioretty and Stastny. Yeah namely and it's you know one's i mean when not doing it cuz i i don't want to write them off completely just because of what we saw them do last year when it was like okay this isn't going to continue this won't continue and then next thing you know they're like leading the conference and then going to the cup final it's un- unbelievable it, but i still have above that attitude that everything did go right for them last year
0: and it's going to be a lot grittier season for them yeah i agree all right listen uh, i want to hit the landeskog before we go to break we got a little time here um Yeah, I really wanted to talk about this guy, man, because a a lot of people were were ragging on Landeskog, especially, again, I always come back to fantasy. They're ragging on him for fantasy. I don't think that you're going to be able to sustain what he's been doing, and for those of you who don't know what he's been doing, he's got seven goals in his last four games played. Um, And up until that point... He wasn't really doing a whole lot of anything. Now, he, he is the nothing. captain. He and is And
1: while McKinnon and Ranton were lighting it up, and I, it's funny, I'd see the co- score in the Colorado game, and I have Lanskog in my pool, pulled up. I'm like, how many points have Lanskog got? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, is he even there? So, but now he's, that's changed, which I, I, that's why I held on to him. I knew that would change.
0: Yeah, and you're right. And the main, one of the main reasons why you know it's going to change Lesko is plus 12. Like, yeah. plus 12 already. So things are going well. The puck is going into the net while he's out there. For some reason, he's just not really touching it yeah. or, or shooting it in the net. That um, line's
1: only getting better, though, because, you know, McKinnon and Rantan are only a year older and, and getting better. And same with Landeskog, who's a little bit older than those guys, but not by much. He's in his mid-20s, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so a hat-trick in one of those games as well. So basically what I wanted to to say was, uh, you know, if, if any of you guys out there that have Landeskog and are uh, – we're wondering when it was coming. It's come now, and it's really exciting. I think, uh, f- like, you know, for for me, even as a guy that just enjoys watching uh, other teams play, not just the Leafs, I like watching everyone play. Um, it's uh, it's really interesting uh, to see him kind of step up and say that he can be a, a part of that uh, McKinnon and uh, and show that uh, has been going on for the first. I would expect
1: weeks. him to put up over sixty, like he's done previously. I mean, last year he put up sixty two. Um, So I, I could see him getting up In the career high territories If he stays healthy And plays with that team, man
0: Yeah, I mean he leads by was d-
1: spooky Welfla
0: <laughs> Well, it's almost Halloween, right?
1: Right October 24th Well, what was scarier than You know, you're out there wrestling And then you hear this song come on And who is it walking down the aisle? It's big Kevin Nash?
0: Big Kevin Nash towering Big sexy over, Big sexy towering <laughs> over everyone and just easily going over the. I like
1: how he did that. He stepped right over the over ropes the every time. Rope. He never went through the ropes.
0: I mean, why would you when well, he was seven feet tall?
1: He was about seven feet, eh? He was like six. He must have been just under seven feet. Like guy was a monster.
0: An absolute monster, man. Oh, yeah. Good times. Good times. All right. So we were in with the NWO theme, and we're out with the NWO Wolfpack team. So, Wolfpack for life. Wolfpack for life just may bring back some memories. And when we come back, we're going to bring back some memories of the Leafs and their recent two game losing streak and what they might be able to do to get out of it. Tonight, they play the Jets. Don't go away. You smell what the rock is cooking alright we're back for our leaf segment that's right the segment on the most electrifying team in sports what do you think is like
1: the level of bar play the Rock has? Like he's got to have like, if you're doing a bracket, the top, the top. Like, can you name someone who would have better bar play than this guy? Like, what do you mean bar play? Like, like going you to go the in the bar up and chicks? there's your, you know, <laughs> you grab on your woman because otherwise they're going home with
0: him. Uh, like, I don't know, man. Like he, I, I, I'd, I'd pick him in a fight against anyone. I don't care about wrestling, all that shit. Like the guy is just massive. I mean, he's just he's massive, and he's such a personality too. Like, yeah, his Twitter is just insane. And you know what I really like about the guy? He's like motivational. You know, he's he wants to help people. He doesn't just want to be fucking famous and jacked and everything else. Yeah, and (laughs) shiny. Like he's got he's got uh, the most insane workout regime. Like it's it's crazy. Oh, I'm
1: sure. And like he's in everything now. He's in every movie. I know. Every every, everything. But he still finds time. Action superstar. And he was probably the most successful thing the WWE ever launched. Yes, like in terms far. of a career launch, because he—I mean—he was hugely popular in the heyday of wrestling, at least for our demographic. I hated him. Well, he—he he had a good heel kick to him, right? Like he was—he—he was, he, he was um, very popular. And then they they turned he turned heel at one point right yeah that's right and they made him out to be like this this asshole and then everyone and loved him because he had this arrogance like he he's very he reminds me of Ric Flair Ric Flair had the ability to go back and forth from heel to to face without actually changing the way he acted because he was this cocky asshole and he wouldn't but it was the... likable but it was also hateable so yeah. when you have this polarizing figure. I mean, for the for the wrestling promoters, I mean, that's a dream.
0: He wouldn't lose the other side either, is what I was going to say. Because
1: people would still stick with him whether he turned heel or not. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's
0: true. It's true. He's, he's, polarizing is such a great word to use. And uh, so, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we take that right into uh, some Leaf talk? And I think the most polarizing uh, member on the Toronto Maple Leafs would be Jake Gardner. Oh, as always, right? Would that not be uh, accurate? I think that's accurate. As always, um, you know. Uh, um, I've been okay with the uh, with Jake's play uh so far this this season. I've been like frustrated a little bit here and there, but I mean, it's unfair I think to uh to really focus on one player so so heavily, and you just don't you don't even give the guy the benefit of the doubt because you're just looking for mistakes. And meanwhile, everyone else is making mistakes as well. And the Leafs have made lots of mistakes.
1: I think Hanesy's taken most of the heat off yeah, of he and everybody right now because he <laughs> does not look good out there. He's at the new all. he's the new Polak. Yeah, he basically is. He's got slotted into that. I mean, just being the weakest defender, somebody was going to have to take the Polak position where guys are going to rag on him and. I mean, so the game against Pittsburgh, I mean, they got beat by a better team, I guess you could say. I mean, maybe not necessarily on paper, but in terms of that center ice matchup, I mean, Pittsburgh's got the Cups, they've got the Art Rosses, the MVPs, they are what the Leafs aspire to be, essentially.
0: I said that, too, uh, and they the they of the game. And
1: Matt Murray, actually, credit due to him, he played an outstanding game, and he, that's the best game I've seen that guy play maybe over a year. Like, he's not been that great recently.
0: Agreed. I agree. Yeah, I said the same thing. Uh, this is what we want to be. This is what the Leafs want to be. And uh, another thing that I said that I was excited about was the fact that the game was really just one nothing, um, in in, se- in the sense that uh, you know we had the goalie pulled and it was one nothing Pittsburgh. Yeah, if yeah. we if we manage to pop one in, uh, you know we're we're likely headed to overtime unless the Leafs do what they love to do and g- give give another one up right before yeah. regulation. But the point of, uh, of my argument is that it was really all intents and purposes a one nothing hockey game. Until they scored the empty netter and, and opened it up, they, they ended up getting another empty netter. But my uh, my ray of sunshine was that I didn't think we played that great of a game. I didn't think the Leafs were great. Uh, I wasn't overly excited. They got they got chances. They did get chances. Murray was huge yeah. when he needed to be. Now as it a pose? Yeah, you know, there was... just there just wasn't like any control is what I'm saying. There was really well, they got really, checked. They checked yeah. the Leafs
1: really well. Like they did a good job keeping them on the perimeters. Um, there wasn't a lot of high danger scoring chances. They they played exactly what they wanted to do, and I mean the Leafs aren't going to get a free pass anymore. That's right. They're going to get the opposition's best game nine times out of ten this year. I mean it 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 happened more so last year, but you know not as much as it is this year, where teams are preparing for you because I mean the Leafs are the kind of team that will blow you blow the doors off if if you give them the opportunity to do so through power plays or just through giving up too much. Uh,
0: zone time so you're talking about Hainsey being brutal do you think he's better at NHL like, like the think,
1: video game the video game
0: do you think I don't he, know he's pretty old I, so I was gonna I ask don't know if he's, he's old so I don't know yeah, if he would qualify
1: I don't know if he would be right into the gaming like some of the other guys on the team but what's
0: old Like I don't even know how old he is he just 38 or 37 Oh my 37? god, okay, never mind. Then he's really old.
1: Yeah, yeah I okay. know. us guys who are 30 give them the 37-year-old <laughs> Cuz I'm guy wondering hard if
0: time. I'm wondering if maybe the guys are, you know, playing video games uh in the locker room or on the road maybe. Um, you know, and maybe Hainesy is a, uh, a real a real a real butte with the controller or something. Nah, I, I
1: I doubt it. Uh, like you see so you see a lot of video um so the Leafs are getting into all kinds of stuff with esports and gaming now um and I guess that's where you want to go with this was that most recently the Leafs held uh an NHL event tournament at Real Sports where they brought in a number of fan gamers to play against the players and then there was a tournament style bracket for the players to compete in for all the spectators and everything like Shani was there everyone was there and it was it was a pretty good uh it seemed like a really cool interactive fan event like you know, you always have like your team skates and things like that, or they show up to a, a road hockey tournament. But right like, to come play video games with your with your idols and your your favorite players is pretty cool. You know,
0: it is pretty cool. I wonder if any of those boys uh, are uh, good at the glitch goals. <laughs> Probably put a lot of time in. We well,
1: got to figure these guys have have played a lot over the years, more so than us because I, you know, from the sounds of things, the routine is for young hockey players is. Pracky, game, video games, sleep, and that's it. You know, especially the ones who aren't doing any form of school. Um, probably right most, from junior yeah. is that they're playing they're playing shell together when they're not on the ice. That's right. So you know, a lot of these guys have grown up playing it, and I've watched little clips of it, not to get a good enough feel of the gameplay because I think I watched it a few times. At least we're playing threes, which is pretty oh, okay. pretty outrageous. But so Andreas Janssen actually won the tourney though. And they have like a belt, and it's like a big, back to wrestling, big wrestling style belt with a a huge maple leaf in the center, and it looks amazing. Like I want it so
0: bad. That's so sick. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered too, uh, like, well, not always, but in the last few seasons with all this uh, Twitter feeds and, oh, look at these guys playing Fortnite and playing NHL together, and, you know, uh, even though like the HBO series where you get to see behind the scenes a little bit, and the players are wearing actually you're looking we're looking at each other we got the headsets on they're almost like gaming headsets and you see the players having fun and making plays and like actually jumping up and celebrating and just having such a great time i've i've wondered if and i shouldn't say if cuz for sure this happens in the nhl but i'd love to hear a player talk about a recent time where me and you set up a goal the exact same way that we scored it the other day yeah. on NHL, <laughs> you know, and we were playing against Carolina they or whatever it was. Yeah. That yeah. They did in,
1: in exactly.
0: Yeah. Kadri over the, the Marlowe, you know, and top shelf. And then they're all laughing about it because they scored a goal just like that the other day uh, on, on NHL. Because like, these things are going to start flowing in from the off ice to to, the, to on the ice, especially with how young these players are in the league now.
1: Well, and team bonding happens over video games now. I mean, a lot of these guys—that's how they keep in touch with their friends across the league—is playing—is playing games with each other in their spare time.
0: That's right. Now they're probably scoring a lot of goals uh, when they're playing NHL on a video game because I know it's pretty difficult to have a low-scoring game, yeah, uh, in that in that video game. But they're scoring goals uh, on the Xbox, but they're not really scoring goals on the ice. No, like
1: it's that. it's all you know. It's how the has the offense has it dried up? up? Dried up, like it's simply put, like and so we didn't talk about the St. Louis game yet, but and and you know I actually missed majority of it, but they just didn't seem to have it going, and like it was probably their worst game of the year. And I didn't even watch it all, and I could tell. They just—they got straight up outworked. And by a team that struggled out the gate, too, that's not been great at all. They haven't had good goaltending. They haven't had enough offense. Uh, they scratched Bowmister in that game. It was the first scratch of his career. It's yeah. so like you know things Reese are... Recent
0: Ironman, too.
1: Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. And you know things haven't been going that well. And then they just didn't have it. They let Bozy walk in there and, oh. and t- take over and... I don't know. I was I was disappointed because after that loss with Pittsburgh, you want to see them reset, come out hard, and I just hope that they have the right mentality going into this uh home and home with the Jets. And they should. I mean the Jets should be an easy opponent to get up for. But it seems like with that St. Louis game Saturday
0: night, they just they weren't ready. Well, I mean, if anything, it's an opportunity to bounce back. Uh and I know if you know, if you're a fan of any sport, any league Maybe outside of football, because there's only because there's so few games, you know? Like, you don't have a chance to look ahead on the schedule because there's not that many games. But in, in, in leagues that have lots of games, there's bounce back. There's highs. There's lows. And you kind of hope that when you are a good team, like the Leafs are supposed to be, and they are, uh, you hope that after a couple of, of losses where you don't really like the performance, your coach isn't going to be ecstatic about the, the work effort, some guys took nights off. Uh, hard practice is coming up, so you like like you said, you like to see them have the effort uh, get get up there, and I think like uh, the Jets are are going to be a, a good option for for them to do that. So a good opportunity to bounce back. I made the joke that uh, the Leafs were were still stoned. <laughs> uh, after cause they played or with oh two since, since legalization, yeah, they played, they played Thursday. And of course, marijuana legalized last Wednesday. of course, if you listen to episode six, six, you're well aware of that. Um, but yeah, I mean the legalization happened on the Wednesday. The boys must've went out, got a couple of vape pens and a couple <laughs> of brownies or gummies or something. And oh, then they man. were just straight lackluster, uh, against St. Louis and, and Pittsburgh. Um, but actually, specifically, I didn't mind the start against the Blues. I actually I sat down. They came out it decent, and then it good. fell off from there, yeah, right? Yeah, it looked good, and I was excited. I thought, okay, it's going to be a good game. It was a little bit back and forth. The pace was was high, and I was uh, excited for uh, potentially a high-scoring game. No one wants that, especially the coaching staff on both teams. But as fans all know, that's that can be pretty exciting. And if we're going to get into a goal-scoring um, uh, you know, shootout with someone, then I'm okay with that because I feel like we should be able to uh, outscore anybody.
1: Well, I I really got to think that Babs is trying to buckle down on the team defense and you know get them to straighten out a little bit and start win them two one, you know, the way Babs wants a game to be, or um and and just dial dial in as a team defensively going into this home home with the Jets because this these two games have the potential to be a barn burner similar to what we saw opening night last year with that insane game yeah. that they had together. So,
0: that was you know,
1: I think he wants them to buckle down because this, you know, this game tonight and this game Saturday could easily just be insane.
0: Yeah, and of course the game coming up uh, momentarily actually as we speak, uh, puck drop is about 10 minutes away and and we'll probably uh take the pod right up and uh, almost until that point uh you're talking about uh Babcock. I want to talk about Babcock. Um, I feel my what was my note here? Bab cock block. <laughs> it sounds better when you say Bab Cock blocks Bab Cock blocks the offense <laughs> by line matching when unnecessary.
1: Yeah, so he started and he, he I think he actually mentioned this specifically in an interview that he was starting to wanting to put Naz back in the role of shutdown. Um if he's gonna do that, A he's gotta move Marlowe on that line. And he, who hasn't been great defensively either, but put Jansen up there, put, just give somebody else a shot because he's done jack shit. And, but I mean, I'm not concerned about Nazem's ice time. I know he wants that guy to be engaged and you want to get him going, he's not scoring. But why is it that in the last game, Nazem Kadri had and Connor Brown played more than Austin Matthews did? Because You're he's losing the game, like he's line matching. I know, but why? Like, I don't know. That's why it's sense. on the fucking board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we agree that it's stupid. But yes, we do agree. I, I just, I don't understand why he's doing that. Because, you know, he, he's been freewheeling, and yeah, uh, things have stagnated offensively. But Austin Matthews should be playing at least. Upwards of eighteen to twenty minutes a game. At oh my least, god! Like minimum nineteen twenty is minimum. I mean, you look at his his points per sixty, his his production stats and all that stuff. It's it's astounding to think about what the kid could do if he had if he gets played like a regular first line center all star. Like I understand because of the center depth we have, you want to keep those guys engaged. Um, I know he said at one point he wants Matthews and Tavares to be around 18 minutes, 18 plus. Which I'm fine with. Nas around 16. I don't
0: care what the minute totals are. I care about the fact that he's allowing the other coach, especially on home ice. Yeah, to dictate matchups. To dictate. Well, not even. Let's go beyond that, though, to dictate ice time. Like, I know matchups equal ice time, but by dictating matchups, the opposing coach is now dictating ice time for our superstar players. They're your fucking superstar players, Mike. Play them. Well, and
1: I think part of it, too, is he's trying to get um, lesser competition against the Matthews line right now because the Matthews line, the issue with the new makeup of it without William Nylander is that their transition game and their breakout game has not been pretty um, they got hemmed in the end a lot. Matthews has been outshot in a lot of uh, recent uh, those, in those last two games. He got dominated by Crosby. He didn't do a whole hell of a lot against St. Louis, and I attributed that a little bit to the lack of Willie on his wing. I who wheels up the puck or up the ice with the pocket and just dangles guys in the neutral zone. And Patrick Marleau is just floating back and forth blue
0: line to blue line right now. Willie is really good at gaining the zone. I will 100 percent give you that. Yeah, I'm also looking at. Like, I don't like changing lines all the time, but I wouldn't have minded Hyman with Matthews against Crosby. Yeah. Go back to what you know was a absolute beast five-on-five. And I don't mean Hyman specifically. I mean the line. Now, of course, that did include William Nylander, so that's a huge piece missing. But I look at the first however many games we've played already, and Hyman has been consistently with JT and Mitch, and that line is our best line five-on-five. Yeah. By far. Now yeah. I understand we didn't have JT last year, so that's a non-comparable. And I also understand that Hyman didn't play with Mitch last year, so that's kind of also non-comparable. But the common denominator is the left winger. Yeah, Zach Hyman dominated five on five with Austin Matthews and Connor Brown when that first started. I would just like then to it see... was William Nylander and Hyman stayed there and they dominated five on five. Now Hyman's dominating five on five with JT. It would have been nice to see. Okay, Mike, you don't have to match the actual lines. Maybe just change up some. Maybe just change up some personnel.
1: Well that's what I'm waiting to see is I, I really I it's I don't know how long it's gonna take because of how stubborn babcock, isn't it? I know he likes he to keep is. lines together. Which is good. You know, it's good that when you play the majority of the year with the same guys, but I'm at the point where it's like, When is Marlo coming off that line? When is he coming off that line? Because I want to see Johnson get a shot. Who's being scratched tonight in favor of Venice? Which I don't agree with at all. But I know.
0: But Johnson's been guy going. shitty.
1: He has been, but he's been playing eight to ten minutes a game on the fourth line with the goat and with uh, <laughs> and with uh, who else? Uh, who else is on that damn line? Connor Brown? No, uh, Connor Brown's on the third line, fourth line. I don't know the goat exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that's where we're at. Like it, it's he has a guy with a lot of offensive upside. And he's not in a situation to do anything about it. You know, they're, they're getting the shaft out there. And, I mean, the GOAT is barely a fringe nhl as it is, as much as I like the guy and, you know, you wish him the best. But, you know, it's almost – oh, is Levo the other winger on that line? Yeah, Levo. Yeah, so you're not yeah, getting – Yeah, but
0: Levo's been good. Yeah, he has. Actually, that line with Janssen was our best line against the Blues. Yeah. Well, that's that's not good then. <laughs> no, no, you're right. It's <laughs> but not. It's but it's good it, that they
1: were. It is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have to look at both sides of the coin. There, it's not good for the team that they're that that they're your best line. Yeah. That's why you didn't win the fucking hockey game. But it is good that they were going. If they weren't going, we would have been absolutely trounced. And I had heard that they put up positive
1: possession numbers in a, in a couple of games and actually got you know a fair amount of zone time. They so. did. They started that's the game well,
0: Lesko, and that's part of the reason why I said to you just earlier that I liked our start against yeah. St. Louis, and it was. Part and parcel with that line, that line got a couple of early shifts and they were really going. And I thought as a fan, that's great news. That's going to trickle up the lineup, not down. It's going to trickle up the lineup because your bottom guys are going to show your top guys that, hey, we're here to support you tonight. You guys go out, do your thing, and we might get a couple too. If it doesn't happen, then you lose the hockey game. That's kind of what happened for us against St. Louis. Pittsburgh, a bit of a different story. I see you had down the uh, officiating in in, in the Pens game. I hate ragging on officials, but I honestly don't mind it because in this one instance, I was, like, fucking livid. Like, I was livid over here on my couch, screaming at the TV, wondering what the fuck is going on. And I think I sent you that picture. I sent someone the picture. There were seven penguins on the ice. At one point. Now granted, like four of them were right next to the bench, but there were fourteen skate blades on the ice.
1: It yeah, was nuts. Where's the fucking call? And the worst thing was the obviously the missed call on the Hyman uh the Hyman High stick right up, you know, a couple Almost inches away took from the eye. eye. Out. Fuck. I guess the trouble with that it was that the puck wasn't there, so the refs aren't looking there. And I don't try and get I fired up with the officiating either, especially with the way they call penalties now. Half the time, I don't know what the hell the call is. Like I, it, You can't see it in the play because the game's so fast, and B, it's just a tap on the hands a lot of the time. Yes. Um, usually you would know like, that's a penalty, but it's like I have no idea what it was till you see the replay. And I know sometimes the broadcasts don't know what it is because they don't show you the right shit before the play resumes.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. So that is they, so true. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you missed a few calls. It doesn't help your case, especially in a, a really tight game like that. There was a few games last year where I got really fired up about the refs. Um, the most thing, the one I got fired up the most last year was those bullshit goaltender interference. Is it or is it not? Reviews, challenges, all that shit. I I was got real fed up with that kind of stuff.
0: It seems to have subsided now. Yeah, now. yeah. I, I we, we
1: could do a whole segment on yeah. my feelings on <laughs> on all that shit from last year because I had a, I had a good rant on that, and I guess we'll have to save that for another app because. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, we will. I'm not happy with with all that coaches' talent bullshit. I don't know if it's dialed back this year or maybe the controversy is dialed down. There hasn't been anything that's been headline-worthy yet.
0: But you that's know, probably, as soon as it
1: happens to the Leafs, you'll, you'll hear from me. Yeah, the
0: latter <laughs> is probably what it is, though, Lesko. It ha- nothing really substantial has happened yet because we're still early. So once the calendar flips and it's 2019, you're going to start seeing a lot more of the this topic in the news okay. specifically. I think so, because you're just going to start... Two points are two points are two points, right? Yeah. But they just become more magnified in in the late winter and early spring so you know mid to late january and on i bet you any money we're going to start seeing you know oh here we go again with the interference well you know what it's been happening all year but guys just aren't challenging because it's it's a 3-1 game and the goal made it 4-1 and it was kind of chintzy so they didn't even really bother but now there's like a whisper of contact to the jersey and it's making the game 2-1 two two on in the second period and they're rolling the dice on the challenge yeah, yeah for for an opportunity so but yeah we'll, we'll we'll save uh we'll save that for an episode in the future when it happens and we get an opportunity yeah. to oh, talk yeah. about we'll it yeah we'll be fired up yeah we'll be fired up and what else uh, another thing that we'll we'll have to save we'll save it for our next episode uh, let's go we we were hoping to get to the uh, twitter questions We've actually had a few questions, three or four. I think four questions have been fired our way by some listeners. So uh, thanks for that. But we're going to uh, put a pin on it and we'll address uh, all the questions, the, mm-hmm. the three or four that we have now and the remainder that we hopefully get over the next week from you guys. Follow us at PuckPod on Twitter, at Coleman42, and at Lesko Adam. And uh, if you guys want to fire us any questions, uh, it doesn't have to be about the Leafs. There there have been a few questions about the Leafs, but there's been other questions about the NHL. So we like anything and everything you guys want to send to us, maybe some fantasy questions. Um, don't listen to me, though, because I told you to draft Troy Terry. <laughs> and. <laughs> And or you, you can, can
1: ask questions about wrestling too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> video... I don't care what it is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wrestling, video games. I <laughs> mean... Just
1: give us more shit to talk about is what yeah. we're asking for.
0: Whatever you guys want to do. I mean, send us uh, send us some questions and we'll uh, we'll talk about them on uh, in episode number eight, which will be coming your way probably in about a week or so. And we'll be back. And we will be back. So thanks for listening. A little bit of a shorter episode here for episode seven. Hopefully you liked it. Don't forget to uh, click like and share and subscribe. Subscribers are what are they? They're like, like
1: podcast gold,
0: podcast crack,
1: podcast gold. Give me as many subscribers as possible.
0: Subscribers, please and get after us, it. Give us a rating on iTunes if you're on there too. Throw us uh, some feedback wherever you get your i, or excuse me, wherever you get your podcast fix. Find us there and give us a rating and a share and we will see you next time adam and josh signing off on episode seven see you later